Hello, everyone. I'm Matthew Thomas, the Super Cool Radio, and I have a very good friend of the show with me right now. He is Canadian session bassist Ronnie Robson, and he has worked with music legends like Ozzy Osbourne, Black Sabbath, White Snake, Michael Schenker Group, and was most recently with the Hollywood Monsters. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. Thank you, Matthew. Look, there's going to be applause now. Yeah. (laughs) Might have to to add that in. Well, you know what? It's nice to be back. It's nice to be, always nice to be interviewed with you, Matthew, for sure. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate it. You're very fun last time. I got a lot of great response from, you know, people and like people talking to me. And it was a lot of fun. So I'm glad we're able to do it again. Part two. Me too. Number two. Here we go. I'm in. Kicking off the brand new year. This is our third interview now for season two with Ronnie Robson. Nice. Nice. Happy New Year, everyone. Happy 221. That's right. And hopefully 2021 is not just 2020 in disguise. I don't want that. Oh, totally. Totally. (laughs) Totally. Everyone be good. Everyone do what you know they're supposed to do, and let's open things back up again. Amen. So last time I talked with you, last year you officially retired from your job. So how are you enjoying retirement? You know what? I'm really enjoying a retirement. The only thing that I'm not enjoying is with retirement, I figured, you know, a little more travel, a little more touring, you know, a little more, you know, visiting friends and things like that but i've been really i now i'm stuck at home now i'm like okay you know and knowing that i'm stuck at home i'm going wait a minute hold on here um i've kind of had a year to prepare for everything to get things going um so that's what i've been doing but you know what i really miss getting out i really miss traveling i really miss touring i really miss i miss everyone and i think that's you know that's the thing. Not that I, I don't love my family because I do, but I'm seeing them every day. And they're the only ones I'm seeing every day besides, you know, on the Internet and besides, you know, yelling across the street and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm, I'm missing it. But you know what? Retirement is great. I'm gearing up for, you know, the world to open up again. So that's what I'm doing. I'm planning and I'm going full tilt on it. So I've been busy, but, you know. I do miss getting out and that's where the stuck things, you know, thing comes in because I really want to just go. I'm, I'm, I'm like a 12 year old kid with ADHD, you know, like I, I just want to go, 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 go all the time. So yeah, but retirement, man, fantastic. 55, another couple months. Well, next month I'll be 56 and I still feel, you know, still feel 20 years old. So I'm good. Oh, well, all right. Yeah, I know the one thing that like I really, uh, I guess, re-enjoyed or like actually I found enjoyment out of was uh, going for walks. Like during like when the, you know everything shut down, I would like walk around in my neighborhood for a little bit just to get outside for a little bit. And you yeah. just like just rediscovering just like walking outside for like, you know, there's a time where you really, you really shouldn't leave your house. I remember like when we first got shut down here, like you yeah. weren't really supposed to leave, but like when they started lifting stuff, I was able to walk outside. It was actually nice to actually yeah. go for walks. Now, like I really enjoy walking outside. I never really enjoyed it till 2020. Well, you know what? It's funny because I live in an area I've got like a block away from me. I have a lake, you know, and it's like nice little trail around the lake. And then up here, I've got like a dog park and, and I've got a, a park across the street for me. Like I try to get out as much as possible, but I'm not even seeing people. You know, in the morning and during the day, I'm not seeing people like I'm talking to ducks, you know, <laughs> like, you conversations with them. Well, you know, they don't answer me back. It's when they answer me back. I know there's going to be a problem. Right. <laughs> but yeah, no, I try to get out for walks, too. And it's funny because I actually went to the doctor the other day and I was so happy to get out of the house and just be around. And, and there was me and another person in a doctor's office with the secretary. And I was just like, wow, this is great. You know, it's like, I'm out of the house. Yes, I did it. This is fantastic. I get to go to the doctor. Yeah, I got to go to the doctor. Next thing you know, hopefully soon, the dentist. 
that'd be great. And a haircut too. I need a trim. Yeah, I, but, I was able to get a haircut recently today, which it, I mean, it was pretty nice. Like I made it, I made an appointment online. There was no one out. There was like one other person in the salon, and it was it was nice. It was like was it? Yeah, it was socially distant. Like everything was, you know, how they were following the guidelines, and I was like, I really appreciate that. Yeah, no, and you know what? Everywhere I, I go, like sometimes, you know, I go to the grocery store, I pick up. You know, everybody knows that I cook, right? So I'm out at the grocery store, and everyone is so cool, and everyone follows the little arrows, and everyone. I really haven't had any problems with or witnessed any problems with people in Toronto myself. You know, and, and I mean, it is it is so cool. It really is. Yeah, you're talking about making food. I did see a post earlier today. What were you making earlier today? Oh, I was making chicken wings, but they're like an, um, an Asian version of, of the chicken wings. And I was trying out my new, um, my new deep fryer. So, yeah, How did that, go? that went really, really you well. Still have a house, so it didn't burn down. It didn't burn down. No, you know what? It's got all kinds of safeguards. It's really, really cool. It's, got, it's a fryer from DeLonghi. It's, they make good, good appliances. But no, it was, it was really, really good. I made two different types of sauces with them and, uh, you know, veggies with dip and stuff like that. And it was really good. In fact, before I get a picture, everyone got in there. So it was like, okay, I'm glad I got a picture of them ready to go in the fryer. You know, <laughs> it happens in my house. This happens. What can I tell you? I was, they, they sound really good. So I, if I was there, I probably would have stole some too before you got a picture. So, Oh yeah. you know that's cool that's what usually people do anyway very rarely can i you know like i won't call people for dinner i'll take a picture of the food first you know and then i'll call everybody like i'll slice i'll do whatever i'll plate and away i go but you know i'm gonna do more of that too matthew definitely definitely cooking is really like taking your time and like cooking something right like that is like a whole nother feeling like of doing something right (laughs) yeah and you know, with me, it's also, I love to eat, but to me, it's like, I love to make other people happy. And part of that is with food, you know? And I just, it's always something, maybe probably something I picked up from my mom because she was a really great cook, but it's just something I enjoy to do. And somebody, you know, sits down and they, you know, all of a sudden the conversation stops because they're too busy eating. That's a good sign. Yes, that's a very good sign, right? You know, for like Thanksgiving dinner and stuff, my, my, my grandma would always make like just an amazing, just a whole spread, you know, you turkey and stuffing and like two different kinds of like sweet potatoes and actual like mashed potatoes. Like, and she yeah. made really good sweet potatoes too. Like it was like food, food when you, you're just focusing on eating instead of talking the best. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And when they, and when people say to you, can't talk, I'm eating. You know, that, that's even better. Yeah. yeah, definitely, definitely. Oh yeah, and now now see, I just ate dinner, but now I'm getting hungry again. So. No, oh, are you? I'll ship I'd you down be... some wings. Toronto to Indiana. Yeah, sure. I'm sure they'll still be fresh. I think so. I think so. It, with the mail service, it'll probably only take about four weeks. That's all right. Oh jeez. <laughs> I saw my it's Sunday today, and I saw my a, a postal truck go by my house today. Oh, really? It's like, holy cow, they're working on Sundays now, like Saturdays and Sundays and weekends. It's like, okay, this is good. You got to get all those Amazon orders to you. <laughs> well, exactly. <laughs> I ordered actually more today, so we're good. <laughs> That's why. But anyway, so, and also during our last interview, you were talking about uh, starting your own website. How is that going? Going, it's almost ready to be, uh, what I was waiting for was, uh, I'm going to be in the publication, we talked about this before, Titans of Base. Yep. And uh, 140 great bass players, they asked me to be a part of it. They interviewed me for it. And um, I was waiting for that because I figured, you know what, it would be kind of cool to get the podcast done and get information for the book. And they were, I think they had two publishers. They, They put it down to one publisher and it's supposed to be out in February. So I'm just holding off i I really like the that book to be part of the like the main home page besides the biography and stuff like that so that's going that's that that'll just be as soon as the book comes out i'll just add the link and click publish to the site and then what i'll do is i'll put it on facebook and instagram that 
you know, the site's there, and then they can listen to the first podcast, too. The first podcast is pretty cool. So, uh, definitely. And uh, what, is the, uh, what is the first uh, podcast about? Podcast is about, what it is, is about, it's called the Rhythm Section Rockcast, Rhythm Section Bass and Drums, right? So, what I plan to do is have a lot of, um, and I'm, I'm working on some great musicians right now to come in and guest. Um, all bass and drums. Everything you do about bass and drums, rhythm section. So the first one is basically about how I develop going into bass, uh, going into that from you know A to whatever where I am at now, and what songs that were uh, or what albums that inspired me to play bass. And it was amazing because there was five albums that I bought in one day. And each one of those albums uh, kind of steered me toward, you know, playing the bass. And I mean, there's others after, apparently, you know, obviously, but it was those five albums. And as I said, I bought them all on one day. And, you know, jamming with different people. I had good friends that I was jamming with, and we'd switch up instruments. And I found that, you know, uh, with certain drummers, I was better on bass than I was guitar. There was kind of a groove, a better groove going on. And I'm thinking, would I make more of an, would it be more of an asset playing bass than I would guitar or keys or drums at this point? So that's, that's what the first one is about. And it's got a kind of a cool story and a cool soundtrack to it. And then um, second one is pretty cool. I'm not going to mention the second one now because I'll let, you know, we'll do something on that later. Okay. But second and third, amazing i've got some great guests lined up i've got things happening so which is cool i'm really looking forward to it sounds like you got a lot of cool stuff and when your website is up everyone check it out hopefully in february when also it is featured in the book as well so check that out when everything is up and available because it is worth it yeah thank you thank you matthew it's going to be ronnyrobson.com anyway so i'll let everybody know of course uh Hopefully it's coming up very soon. It's already you know, almost mid-January. Almost. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's close. It's close. It's coming <laughs> up. So yeah. also what I like about mid-January means winter's a little over halfway done, and I love it because I don't like winter. Yeah, I can't wait for winter to be over. I can't wait for spring, you know. I've already got plans for the backyard and the front yard and planning and doing all kinds of stuff. Definitely. <laughs> It's like all I'm doing is shoveling snow. In fact, you know what I do, Matthew? It snows in Toronto. I'm out there in flip-flops and shorts. You know what I mean? My morning coffee and I'm shoveling snow. My neighbors look at me and they just shake their head. You know, they're in winter boots and a big, you know, coat and stuff. I'm in flip-flops. Yeah. I'm trained. All right. I, I'm, I wear shorts in the wintertime. If I'm not out for too long, I would not wear flip-flops. Like that, yeah. I'm good. I don't want to lose a toe. I'm good. Well, it's always the shovel goes ahead of me anyway. So I'm thinking, okay, I can go out with flip flops. What I'll do is I'll come back in, I'll grab another coffee, I'll warm up a little bit, and then I'll go back outside. All right. Reverend Flip Flops, Ronnie Robson. That sounds like a good title to a book. <laughs> exactly. You ever write autobiography? I should just put that in as a title. <laughs> I will. I will. Ronnie Robson, flip flops, beach and snow. Doesn't matter. Here he goes. Hey, I'll buy that right now. Print it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> right on, Matthew. So you are a session bassist, which most of your work is done at your house. I believe your studio is actually like right behind you. I believe. Yep. Yes, it is. It is. Uh, what's it kind is. of your setup? Like, what kind of equipment do you use? Well, you know what? Um, I record, like, my computer. I got two 32-inch monitors behind me, uh, KRK8 speakers, the old school, first generation. Um, uh, I'm on Windows, Windows setup still. Excuse me. Uh, my interface, when I record, I can do 12 channels, which I record, you know, bass with one. But if I'm recording drums, I can do 12 channels. And uh, like it's a really great interface, Mackie 1220i. And uh, running Pro Tools. I've been running Pro Tools since day one. Um, 
in plugins, you know, uh, MarkBase is like my go-to plugin. Depending on what you know anybody wants, what I'll do is I'll do I'll record something dry and then I'll give them a couple of different examples, like an MPEG sound or a, a MarkBase sound. Uh, very little compression, high on bass, high on treble, less on mids, and you know I I I just go and and I edit film out of here too, which is fantastic. So it's a pretty good setup. It's like I said, it's right in my living room. I love it. You know, I, I vacuum the house and then I think, oh, you know, let me try this or let me do this or let me try a drum part or, you know, a bass part. And I do it. I love working from home. It's fantastic. That's right. And you don't have to wear pants if you're working at home. Exactly. And you know, I don't wear pants at home, right? From the last I interview, I don't know. I don't even wear pants when I open up the door. Are you kidding? Whoa. <laughs> the FedEx guy, I know, he rings, then he'll walk away. The mail guy, you know, Canada Post, he rings and he just goes, like, I know that. But anybody else, I thought, oh, I'm thinking, okay, what do they want? So that's when I open up the door. <laughs> you know, I'm in my underwear and shorts and flip flops. <laughs> I have to have the flip flops. <laughs> exactly. And so what kind of bass do you use? What's your, like your, uh, do you have like a preferred bass you use? Do you have multiple basses that you like to use? Like what, uh, yeah, what do you have? This one right here I'm playing all the time. It's a Fender Aerodyne Jazz. Um, this one's from Mexico. That is my go-to bass. I call Elizabeth after my, my mom, my late mom. But this one is, and it's all stock. I didn't change anything at all. Um, uh, Upstairs, I keep my bass in a certain room. I keep certain guitars in in uh, a spare bedroom because I really like the um, the humidity of the room. But I've got a few Warwicks, five string, four string, and a four string fretless. And I have another jazz, jazz bass, um, an older jazz bass, um, and I have a um, an Epiphone uh, acoustic bass that I just really love. In fact, I posted a picture of it the other day. I just put new strings on it and, and did a little bit of work on it myself. I didn't call my um, my tech to do anything. You know, I know he's busy. And uh, so I, I did the work myself and I sat there for, I was like five hours playing this this bass. And it's an Epiphone. It, El, I think it's called an El Capitano or something like that. It's fantastic. So that's the acoustic bass. And then I have uh, another little bass that I play um, a U bass, and uh, those are the basses in the house. And plus, I have a few other guitars. You know, I have a Strat and stuff too. So, yeah, actually, I never heard of acoustic bass. Actually, I didn't know no, that. Was it, yeah, no, it's cool, and and it's electric. Like I can plug it in, and I've got certain um, I, I I've saved certain uh, uh, things for like plugins for different sounds that I like and I really really dig, and um, it's it's really cool. Like it's I love that bass. As I said, probably the best, you know, I don't know, it was like 600 bucks or 450. I can't remember now. But that's probably the best money I ever spent on a bass was that one. And the older it gets, it seems like the the better it sounds. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Like a fine wine. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know it. But yeah, I I got to I uh I got to do more with that too, you know, like I, I really dug it the other day, and I've changed back like from nylon strings to steel strings to this to that, and it, I got a set of Dario's, which is normally what I use, the brand that I use, the Dario strings, and I put a set on, and it was like played around half an hour, bang, started working on the bass a little bit, came back, and beautiful, absolutely. That's those are the string gauges I'm using from now on. Definitely. And like, I actually I never asked anyone this about you know about strings and stuff. But so how do you? What's like the difference between like nylon and string? And like how did you find like, <laughs> the strings you really like to use? Well, there's different gauges. What I um, normally on like a four string, like this one here, I'll use the Dario one like 95 to or 85 to uh, 105s for that. It's kind of like a medium gauge. I kind of like when. When I'm recording, I, I try to, um, I want treble to it because you can always add 
uh, you can always add bass and mid, but once if, if, if you're recording without, you know, like so much treble and you want something a little brighter, it's always more difficult to bring that up to get that. So I always like recording with lighter strings or medium gauge strings. And when I record, I usually add a lot of treble because you can always bring that back down, but you can't bring it back up again, or there's a limitation to it, you know? So nylon strings for certain instruments sound really cool. Like my little U bass, you know, it's like this long. Um, it sounds like a big upright bass, you know, with the nylon strings to it. It sounds really thumpy and really, really, really cool. Um, with nylon strings with my acoustic bass, I just found it was too thumpy. Like I can get that from the U bass. Let me go back to medium, you know, uh, to a steel string, like a flat wound for that. There's round wounds, there's flat rounds, there's all kinds of different strings. But I found my, I, I definitely found my, my, you know, who, my string maker who I want to, you know, um, buy from all the time or receive from all the time. And that's the Dario for sure. Definitely great strings, bright. They last forever. And this, these ones are nickel and again, bright, ready to go. Actually, yeah, I never really talked to them. I've talked to a lot of people, but I never really talked to them about like strings and stuff, actually getting technical with their equipment. And that, I mean, it's really cool. Like, I don't really know too much about guitars and bass and strings and stuff. So, I mean, it's really cool just to chat with somebody about it. Like, you know, you got the nylon, you got the string, you got a bunch of different stuff and it creates different sounds based on what you use. Well, see, you know what? It's funny because I never think about it, like think about it to talk about it. <laughs> you know, really, like I don't. I just, you know, like I talk to different people and, you know, different things. Oh, why don't you try these? I love these. Here, come over to my house and check this out. And, you know. <clears throat> excuse me in fact these strings um glenn drover x x megadeth testament king diamond he was over at my house and he's had a set of bass strings he goes uh check like i said to him i said we we're recording together and i said you know i'm gonna i'm gonna change strings for this tune so um i'm gonna you know tomorrow I'll, I'll go out to the store t tonight and get them before they close. And then, and he's just, ah, he goes, so oh, come over. He goes, I got a set of these, uh, the Dario's. I, I like them so much. You know what I mean? And next thing you know, I've got like a, whatever, a 10 pack or whatever that I went and bought. I had to order them, but I got them, but it was, it was Glenn Drover who said, check these out. These are great strings. I was using another, another brand. I was using Dean Markley before. And I just found that even the same gauge in nickel, they weren't lasting as long. So I gave, I, I put these strings through the ringer, right? Like I played that guitar constantly for a month and man, they were still bright. Most of the first Hollander album was these strings. Definitely. And yep. So I guess like to someone who knows their equipment, like that's the person like, if they if he says those are strings you use like you know that's true yeah yeah it was great because i said to him, nah don't worry about it don't worry about it you know thanks but you know i, I appreciate it but you know and he goes no try these so it's good and he was using d i don't know what he's using now but he was using d markley guitar strings for forever so and i think he still uh he still endorses them so it's good yeah for sure. And so like, when you record or like you prepare to record, is there anything like in particular you do before you record anything special you do, or do you just kind of sit down and hammer it out? Well, it really depends on the song, how I get a song to Matthew. I mean, if I get a song, like if somebody sends, sends me a song, it's okay. We need, you know, bass tracks for this. Um, you know, I'll listen to the vocal, like if there's vocals to it, I'll listen to there's a lead guitar to it. Um, if there's not, I'll ask them, is there a, a lead guitar to it or, or, you know, a vocal to it? And if not, what I'll do is I'll, I'll run through it. I'll ask them, you know, I'll ask them, what are you basically looking for? What, what sound do you, who's the player that, you know, you would like emulating, right? So we'll talk, you know, like technical stuff and then we'll talk, 
you know, the uh, the style and things like that. It's, it, communication is always key, especially now, you know, being a session player with session players, you know, dealing with people from all around the world. You're always, you know, doing what we're doing now. We're Skyping, we're Zooming, we're doing what we do. Um, sometimes they'll say, you know, everything's done. I'm just sending you the basic basic uh, track. And I'll say, okay, well, do me a favor. Send the basic track back to me with the kick drum a little higher and the snare a little higher and give me an, a track of the vocals and give me another track of the lead. So this way what I can do is figure out the song to begin with, you know, and with the bass and uh, the kick drum and the, the snare being a little higher, I'm on the money a little bit faster because that's what I'm following, right, as a part of a rhythm section. But with that, um, now if there's a chorus, if something's going on with the vocal in the chorus or something's going on that's cool, you know, with the guitar in the chorus or a bridge or whatever, I can, I can put those in and out. And then all of a sudden, they're a lot happier because now I'm, you know, instead of just the basic thing, now I've emulated, you know, like maybe keyboards or the vocals or the lead guitar. I put in, you know, lead guitar may scream up and, and I may scream up with them and do a little couple notes and then back down, you know, handling the rhythm session again, right? But, um, and then with that too, is what I'll do is I'll, I'll track it. I'll give a basic, you know, with no compression, no nothing. And then I'll give them ideas of, different sounds too. And if there's something that they want me to redo, I always appreciate that because they're saying, hey, you know, Ronnie, can you do this in the chorus or can you do this in the bridge or can you, do, you know, whatever. And I'm like, cool, I'm down. Let's do it. You know, it's your vision. Let's go. Yeah, and like knowing the song is very important because anyone could just play bass just normally, but knowing the song and how the feel is, how the vibes are, like that's very important, especially knowing drums when you're a bass player, very important as well. Oh yeah. And, and I, you know what, Matthew, I've had um, simple bed track come to me, you know, bass, drums, guitar, right? They say, well, can you redo the bass? Yeah. So now I'm, I got the basics done, but I, I tell, you know, whoever I'm working with, hey, when you put a, the vocal track on, send it back to me because I may redo this. Or, you know, same thing with the lead guitar. You know, I may get a track back and say, no, 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 let me, I'm, you know, I'm doing this little section of the, where the lead is or a different ending or whatever the case may be. I always leave it open, but I always like to hear a song. In fact, I always like to be the last guy in. That's what I like, you know, and, you know, again, uh, communication is key. You know, what are you looking for? What kind of sound are you looking for? You know, and then I, I can, I strive to do my best. That's all you can do is your best, but you know communication is very important, especially now. Like almost everything is done digitally, especially from this last year into this year now. Like I think almost I think 100% is done digitally now. Oh yeah, yeah. No, it's amazing. I mean, people that walk into studios. I I mean, I miss that. I miss like recording off the floor with people. I miss being in the room with people because magic happens when you're in a room and you are you know, you're rehearsing, you're, you're getting things, you know, even before recording, you could uh, have one rehearsal, walk into a recording studio and start jamming, you know, the engineer is setting things up and getting, you know, basic sound together. And it's just the eye contact, the feeling, the smiles, the, you know, that's something I really, really miss. I really, really do. It's like playing live. You know, I, I miss that too. And, you know, audience is fantastic. Like I love playing in front of an audience, but I miss the camaraderie with the band looking over, you know, when you know someone is, it's, it's their strong point or their weak point of that song. And you look over to make sure they're going to do it or in amazement that I wonder if they're going to try to top that, you know, that what we did the last time. Right. So it's, I, that's something, Matthew, that I really do miss. And that's, you know, and that's what I'm saying about being stuck at home. Stuck because this is really what I want to be doing right now. Besides, you know, recording, that's fantastic. You know, I love that. Recording, cooking, cleaning the house, going out for a walk, talking to ducks, and then back again. 
<laughs> that is the life of riding rods and people. That, that is, and flip flops. <laughs> yes. And, and no pants. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. That is Ronnie's life in a nutshell, people. Right. It is now. Look <laughs> out. You never know what's going to happen. Uh, always unpredictable. It's even more unpredictable when you're not wearing pants. <laughs> well, I'm wearing pants tonight. Oh, that's good. I'm wearing pants tonight. I am. I actually, I've got socks on too, believe it or not. What? I got socks. I know. You're it's living weird. on the edge it's now. Weird. I know. I know. It's like, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, like I got company coming over or something, you know, it's like weird. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I got a very interesting question for you because we're talking about basses and, you know, recording and stuff. So other than yourself, top three favorite bassists. <clears throat> top three bassists other than myself. Yes. Well, I'm kind of okay. You know. <laughs> uh john paul jones led zeppelin oh yes he's like he's a monster in fact i talk about him in my first podcast and i talk That's about beautiful. celebration day i talk about the tune celebration day from uh song remains the same about how i even to this day um approach a song like he played with that i will you know rhythm and you know Everything else goes along with it. John Paul Jones, number one in my books. Um, I really love, I love Flea, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Um, dude is just, he's all over the place. Love, I mean, not so much, you know, like slap playing or anything like that, but it seems that uh, everywhere he goes on the neck is just beautiful. Like it, it really works with whatever he's doing. Uh, whatever the song requires, it's you know. Yeah, he he has fantastic. like a, I love Flea. He has like almost like a funk soul kind of approach to it, infused with rock music, and he also doesn't wear pants. Yeah. I don't think so. No, he wears a sock. <laughs> that is yeah, right. man. That you know what? You know what's funny? I I was watching something with Red Hot Chili Peppers the other day, and. I remember one of my first bands, Prophecy, where they wanted us to play a gig. It was an hour and a half, right? And they wanted us to headline. And I said uh, to the guys, you know, we got to take this gig. It was a Toronto gig, right? It was a local gig. And I said, you know, we got to take this, this gig. So we got the gas works, right? Got to do it, man. It's like, come on. You know, like, we got to get out there. And, uh, they said, well, you know, we only have like, you know, 70 minutes worth of material, like even if we try to stretch it. And I said, we go out and jam, just like the Chili Peppers, you know, like they'll go out and they'll they'll throw, you know, like Flea will start throwing down a, a you know, a groove. And then whoever, John Frusciante or whoever is playing guitar will go in and start and then drums will start or, you know, drums and then guitar will start. And. We used to do that way back when, you know, we used to do that man in the 80s. Like it was, you know, and I said, we can burn like a lot of time, you know, and then mid-show maybe, and I'm looking through the set list, like after this, let we can do that then. Like let's, you know, everyone's going to love it. It's original content. It's let's go. So the other day I saw it, I saw that on YouTube. I cranked it on my TV, you know, my smart TV, and I was watching it. Cranked up the the uh, the surround sound and went, yes, this is what you do, you know. Like I, I just I can't handle bands when they come out and they play this song and then this song and then this song. Hi, how are you? Very nice to see you, Indianapolis. And then you yeah. know, and then good night, Indiana. You know, I just I don't know. I was never for that at all. So Flea, yes. Great showman. And uh, better backup vocalist than I am, too. So there you go. There's something about jamming that I, it's just like magic because you're just creating stuff on the spot. You know, it's not really planned. Like, oh, we have, you know, we're going and jam and it's just kind of improvised. We're just like, we're just going to go for it, as you said. Yeah. 
Well, it's great. And that's the way you get to know people as musicians, like your bandmates, right? Of what they're going to do. And you start to know how, when, it, when you know, maybe when the drummer goes into a role or a certain type of role, you know, you know that he wants to end the song. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I always tell younger musicians. Don't worry so much about, you know, learning all kinds of different songs. Get into a room with people. Get in a room and just, you know, play. Just go, you know, hey, I've got this, you know. And next thing you know, you guys are going to be writing songs together, you know, because you've come up with ideas and certain grooves and you guys are going to start digging each other a hell of a lot more. Sorry, I'm shaking here. Crazy Gary's on the on the coffee table. He is. All 26 pounds of him. Yeah. So that, that's that's the thing. You know what I mean? That's what I love. I always love jamming. It's like, okay, you want to, you know, we'll do two or three songs before we go. Like, we'll learn a couple of songs. What do you want to do? Da, da, da. Let's see how we do this and let's see how we do that. That's fine. But jamming is where it's at, man. So flee definitely. Definitely. All right. Number three now. Who would be number, number three? Number three. Whoa. Rudy Sarzo. And if, why I love Rudy is, is I've been – um, I don't know. I, I loved him with White Snake, and I loved him with Ozzy, especially with Ozzy. And and again, not a huge Ozzy fan, but you got him, you got Tommy Aldridge, you got, and it was like magic. And I think when I was a little bit younger, I think I almost like tried to emulate Rudy, and you know, in the rock and the the metal thing, and. Uh, Everything he does, I just really dug, you know. So, yeah, Rudy Sarzo. And honorable mention? Go for it. Tony Franklin, the fretless monster. Tony Franklin, used to, he played with the firm, and he's a fretless bass player. Excuse me. And great guy, great personality, fantastic bass player. Absolutely. I need to, uh, I need to do more fretless bass stuff myself. And I should be looking at him a little bit more on that to uh, to be my teacher, definitely. And um, for anyone now from what is the fretless style of bass playing? Well, it's got no frets, so you're, there's no markers. All your strings are open. All your your you got to make sure that uh, you know your your hand are in the right place on the strings on the neck, right time, and it like it's totally different monster. Definitely, totally different monster than a regular, you know, like this, like a fretted bass. It, totally. It's like it's like driving without a map, pretty much. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, sometimes it's like driving without a steering wheel. You know, <laughs> like I'll be playing something. It's like I get farther up the neck, and and I have no markers on my like even the top. Like usually you have top markers, and on my Warwick bass, I have no top markers. So I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to have um, my guitar tech take a look at it. Read, you know, all the, when, I, when I restring the bass, I'll do the intonation, get it all set up again, and I'll say, okay, now let's put in, you know, the fret markers so at least I know where I'm going, you know. But I've, I've recorded with before. It hasn't been too bad, but I need more work. I definitely, on fretless, I need more work. It's definitely, it's a unique style and it's just, it, everyone who can do it, I'm always impressed just because that's just a style, man. Like you just already know where you have to go and you already, you do it perfectly. It is very incredible. It is. It is. And he does it, he does it amazing. Tony Franklin does it amazing. I mean, you know, he does doing vocal lines on, on his bass neck. And I'm like, oh, maybe if I get fret markers, eh, I get a little bit better. I'll work on that. I'm gonna work on that. Yeah, that, that's like that's like no net. That is like zero room for error when you do stuff like you have oh, a yeah. fretless style. There's like no room for error. Oh yeah, and you always start up. I always found that that when I was talking to other bass players about playing fretless bass, they always say, yeah, you know, like I learned uh, slow. I started with slow songs, you know, or mid tempo songs, you know, like Bad Company or whatever, you know. And it's like, that's what I started doing when I picked it up. 
you know, I had no, I had no uh, ambition to play fretless bass. But then one day I'm thinking, you know, you're a session bass player, you should be playing fretless bass. So I went out and I bought one, and I I tried it at the store, and it was pretty cool. And I thought, okay, it needs some work. Like I'm not bad at it, Matthew. But, no, I gotcha. You know, yeah, but it's like, you know, I really, I, I should pay more attention to it. I really, really should. And I will, definitely. I mean, definitely. there's definitely an art to it. There is for oh, sure yeah. an art to it. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. All right, so, you know, we're talking about some some of your favorite bases. Now, I got an interesting question. So what's some of the, what's some of your favorite vocalists you've worked with? Like when, uh, you, when you hear the track, because I know we talked about drummers last interview so now i'm talking yeah. about flipping it to the singers now <clears throat> a little bit of singers wow um my favorite one of my favorite vocalists that i recorded with uh was a dude named henning basie uh, uh, henning basie and he's out of germany um he played with uh in a band called uh firewind with Gus G, who's guitar, ex-guitar player for, for Ozzy. And it was during the Hollander project with uh, Glenn Poland, Glenn Drover, and his brother, Sean. And Henning was doing vocals, and he just blew me away. Yeah. I mean, th that's another, uh, another album where I didn't get vocals on when I was doing the bass tracks. Um, it was just guitar, bass, drums. But it was heavy. Like, you know, it was, and that album, the first album is fantastic. It's an amazing album. But Henning, uh, versatile, uh, one of my probably top 10 vocalists, even though, I, you know, he, he had people in that I haven't worked with, he's going to be in that top 10. Another guy, Danko Jones. I was, uh, I was waiting for you to talk about him. <laughs> yeah, Danko Jones. He can go from one to 125 in one sixteenth of a second the guy is an amazing vocalist amazing musician um he's uh i don't know uh i'd like to do a little more work with him to tell you the truth you know like he's uh and he's my homeboy too he is toronto um and i, I mean the guy is just like he has a style but you can tell, you know, it's got that like like a punk element to it, that rock element to it, that metal, you know, and he just blows me. Every time his mouth opens, I just stop what I'm doing. You know, definitely. Definitely. Some of the stuff he does is like just so unpredictable. He could be going, you know, in a good rip and they'll just throw something completely out of nowhere. It's very. Oh, yeah. And I think that's where he's got a he's got a real cool punk background, you know, like so uh you know the queen street west thing going on i know you wouldn't know about that but i um, love before my time <laughs> yeah well you know what he's got that he's got that thing going on and he's just an amazing musician and, and you know what too he's a really nice guy as well he's really level-headed nice guy i mean the type of guy where you know if you knocked on my door even now i'd say you know i'll put on a mask come in let's go you know sit down let me make your coffee, you know, kind of deal. Great guy. And third? Yeah, we'll go number three, yes. Steph Hind, uh, Hollywood Monsters. Um, yes. I just found everything that he did, you know, like he's got the David Coverdale thing going on. Um, he's got the David Bowie thing going on and everything in between. Great songwriter, great guy, uh, very talented, multi-instrumentalist. Um, I just... I found myself really, really uh, comfortable with uh, with everything he did vocally. You know, it's like um, like he never asked me to, you know, redo uh, stuff on bass. I don't think because he had to, and I wouldn't ask him to do re redo vocals or a backup vocal on something because he didn't have to. Everything came in. And, amazing, and again, an amazing talent, an amazing guy. Stefan, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, yes. 
honorable mention? Yeah, I was about to go there. Let's go. Okay. Uh, my first band, uh, Troy Jenkins, Jinxie. I uh, played in a band, Prophecy, with him. Uh, he was doing he was doing Pearl Jam before Pearl Jam. You know what I mean? Like yeah, kind of that kind of alternative grunge sound. Yeah. Yeah, man. He was doing it even back then, and you know he could switch back and forth to metal. He could you know he could do anything, and uh, and it was funny because uh, high school in a band with him, and then later on. Uh, a friend of mine, Michael Ragusa, uh, he's from uh, Sacramento, California. Actually, he's from the Bronx, moved to Sacramento, California, and married a friend of mine here in, in Toronto. And uh, we were talking one day, and he says, uh, oh, man, I went out to uh, see this band last night. The vocalist is really good. And we're talking, you know, like 2005, maybe, you know, when this is going on. And I said, yeah. I said, what was the name of the band? So, uh, I can't remember but his, my vocalist, old, the, the name of the band was anyway. And I said, yeah, I know. Uh, I said, I've known that vocalist. You know, he's a good friend of mine. I've known him since like, I was like four years old. And he said, get him. I, you know, think about starting a band, right? He says, get him. We need him. So it was cool <clears throat> because, you know, uh, writing and recording with those guys. I mean, they, they got another bass player to play live and stuff. But um, started recording with them, and Michael Ragusa was fantastic uh, guitar player and songwriter. In fact, he was in a band, Sacramento, um, Barking with Flies, and I can't remember his bass player's name, but he was uh, now in Barking Rain and I think Y&T before that. So it's like really cool, you know. Like <clears throat> he came up from you know some good some good ties too, and but but Troy Jenkins, fantastic vocalist. So big shout out to him. Definitely. You've listened to some really incredible ones, and uh, the Hollywood Monsters, just jump back to them real quick. It, The music, just it sounds just solid. Like, there's really, it, it's all quality. And, you know, I kind of said this before in the last interview, but it just has a chemistry to it. I think that's the best way to put it for that album. Yeah, thank you. And you know what, too? It's not, it's not polished perfect. <clears throat> and that's what I liked about Thriving on Chaos. <clears throat> Excuse me, that wasn't overproduced you know like it wasn't didn't sound like a metal album you know it was like it had its it has had its wide open gaps and it had its its uh you know can we throw another guitar in here yeah but why you know <coughs> or another vocal line or another you know but no um i'm, I'm very proud of that and i had a really really good time um helping out with that album for sure with Hollywood monsters. I really did. I really did. Yeah. And as you said, like, it's not like, like super squeaky clean that it all just sounds so clean that you kind of lose the soul of the song and album. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, we're not having a producer sit behind, you know, pro tools and saying, okay, everything's got to stop here. Everything's got, you know, there's a little guitar squeak here. There's a little, you know what I mean? It's, it's not, and that's what I love about it because that's real. You know, a lot yes. of a lot of you know bands. It, it's it's got to be you know bang 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 bang. Their tunes have to be a certain way. They have to sound a certain way. You know, I don't think we gain state. I don't think we we reference the bass and the kick drum throughout the whole product. Like I mean, everything just worked. You know, on an engineer or producing standpoint, there's certain things that you do that weren't done in this album. It was like perfect to me. It's perfect. You know. And a yeah. lot of people feel the same way. A lot of people go, man, that's, man, that's real. You know, you guys sound real, you know. And, of course, Vinny Apice on drums, you know, for the majority, Fred Mika on drums and Alex Von Craven and just a whole host of all, all kinds of great musicians on that one, definitely, you know. Yeah, it just a real, if anyone hasn't listened to Thriving on Chaos by Hollywood Monsters, treat yourself, listen to it. And, you know, kind of just say, like, because – it has its slight imperfect. I'm not saying it's bad to have imperfections. Cause like a, I feel like a lot of music, especially kind of nowadays, it all sounds kind of the same because it has like the same kind of production to it. Yes, yeah. it, it it's different with this album. Yeah, it's it. Everything sounds polished to me. You know what I mean? It just sounds like cookie cutter. You know, I mean, sometimes cookie cutter is great. You know, like. Uh, 
but again, we're not in the same room. We're not in, you know, the same country and yeah. we're pulling this and we're pulling this off, you know, and I don't know. I'm just, I'm really proud, really, really proud of that album. I really am. Yeah, definitely check out Thrive on Chaos, but I'm talking with session bassist Ronnie Robson out of Toronto, Canada. Thank you so much for hanging out with me on the Super Cool Radio again for the second time. Always a great time chatting with you. I'm glad you put on pants for this interview. Making progress. And socks. And socks. Can't forget the socks. Uh, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I don't know either, but I'm glad you're here with me. Also, you too. Also, a quick shout-out to promoter Christina Villa. Make yeah, please. Possible. I was just ready to do that. We got to – my East Coast promoter, we got to send out great vibes to her and a quick hello and say thank you very much. We love you. Ah, definitely. Right. And Matthew, always a pleasure talking to you. Always. And quick hello to Christina in Connecticut. Thank you so much for all the great work you do. But I got one more thing before we go, Ronnie. It is now 2021. What are your plans for this year? I asked you last year, but now it is 2021. Okay. Um, do a bunch of podcasts, Rhythm Section Broadcast. Get my website out. Write some more songs. Work with more people. Um, you know what? Hopefully by the end of this year, tour. Be out touring. That all sounds incredible. Talk to some ducks along the way. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Try to hold them. Run after them, you know, definitely. <laughs> so when the website's up, make sure to check out RonnieRobson.com. Check out the book he's also featured in as well because yeah. it's really incredible. Titans of Bass, yeah, that's really cool. I can't wait to, I can't wait to see it myself. Are you kidding? That's amazing. But always a pleasure, Matthew. And I appreciate, uh, I appreciate your time, uh, you know, talking to me. That's fantastic. I love it. I always love chatting with you. It's always it's always something unexpected, like talking to ducks or not wearing pants or wearing pants with socks. Or shoveling, or shoveling snow in flip-flops at minus 20. Yes. Hey. It, it hasn't got that cold in Indiana, and I am thankful. It got to negative 40, I think, last, um, uh, last like, January. It was, like, or February, negative 40 actual oh, temperatures. Yeah, I, that's no good. I, I, yeah, I was outside. I had outside work pulling in cars. I was like, oh, this is awful. <laughs> I, I don't think we even got to minus 40 or minus 35 last year in Toronto. Really? really? Yeah, no, we were lucky. We're supposed to get a colder winter this winter, but it's okay. I may it's, put it's on socks changed. and flip flops. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much, Canadian Thank Session Basis, Ronnie Robson, for hanging out with Super Cool Radio Part 2. Thank you very much, Matthew, and thank you, everybody, for, for watching. And, of course, I am Matthew Thomas with Super Cool Radio. Thank you for watching.